Hello! Hope you guys are having a wonderful day. How are you? Welcome to episode number five of Listen, titled Take Number Five. Can 30 seconds of meditation really make me happier? I'm your host, Rupal Goyle, but you can call me Roops. This is a show where I give hot takes and social commentary on topics I really have no business giving hot takes about, but I do it anyway. Each week, I cover a different topic with a super cool and qualified featured guest. Last episode, I sat down with my movie friend fanatic, Abby, to talk about the robust movie genre of romantic comedies. This week, I'll be discussing ways for students to take care of themselves. Mindfulness and meditation is a growing area that people are deriving more and more benefits from each day. So I decided to find out the most efficient ways for students that are hustling and bustling to add some meditation into their life without having to commit hours and hours to what you usually feel is meditation. My guest this week is a Georgia Tech librarian and doctoral student in the School of Public Policy. He's also taught a freshman seminar course at Georgia Tech for mindfulness and meditation, so he's extremely qualified. He's such a cool guy, and I'm so excited to have him on the pod. Now, without further ado, let's roll. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Let's you know, just introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, well, thanks for inviting me onto your podcast. Um, I'm really honored to be a guest. Uh, my name is Amit Doshi. That's Amit, not a vegetable <laughs> for my students. <laughs> um, I, am, I wear many hats at Georgia Tech and I am a strange bird or an odd duck, whichever, use whichever metaphor you like because I am a librarian, full-time member of the Georgia Tech Library, uh, but I am also a doctoral student in the School of Public Policy here, and uh, am working on a dissertation, and I'm also father of two young children, and uh, so I'm trying to wear a bunch of hats and squeeze out every productive minute I can while still enjoying life. (laughs) It's a challenging equation. (laughs) There's a lot. You're juggling a lot. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm juggling a lot, but I think that's kind of who I am. And I I suspect that's the kind of person that also comes to Georgia Tech, whether as a member of the staff or faculty or as a student. You know, this kind of environment attracts uh, people that like to, let's say, maximize their time, uh, maximize their utility, make an impact. So, which is great, but as we'll probably discuss, it also makes things. Uh, sometimes challenging on a personal level. Yeah. As one of your hats you were juggling, you were a professor last semester and you taught a mindfulness and meditation course for the freshmen. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is the third time that I've taught um, a mindfulness-based GT1000 course for the honors program. And I have to acknowledge two of my colleagues, Professor Halka, who's affiliated with physics, uh, but is also the, I believe, the assistant director of the honors program, and Professor uh, Verhagen from psychology. They're both, uh, I will say, experts. <laughs> I am um, a neophyte trying to learn as I go, but uh, I love teaching the course because I'm very honest with the students about my own stressors and also um, the fact that, you know, just taking a few moments every day to reflect on the, I don't know, the nature of time and the impermanence of things can be restorative kind of practice. 
Uh, so it helps me. I hope that it helps them. And I also love uh, diving into the scientific literature on meditation mindfulness because it's a, it's a very interesting and growing body of experimental literature that teaches students how to use the library, but also opens their eyes to the true impact of mindfulness. What's your journey with mindfulness and meditation then? It started, um, gosh, it must have started in graduate school uh, way back. So my, I guess my first master's degree was in information science and I like to run. So I would, I would run, but then I found that doing yoga right after running would help me relax and also help my kind of flexibility and would help, you know, my running. So the yoga always ends with a, let's say it's like a version of meditation where you kind of lie on your back and breathe and uh, zone out. And I, that was my, always my favorite part. And I think a lot of people <laughs> I talk to that do yoga, it's like, that's the best part, yeah. right? Uh, and so I thought, I wonder what just doing that would be like. And so I um, began practicing on my own a little bit. Uh, I here and there would find teachers that offer meditation practice. I never really did it as a concerted everyday kind of effort until I was walking in the student center one day and I noticed a call for study participants from Emory University School of Medicine to study the biomedical impact of meditation, which I found to be fascinating because I always thought it as of it as a pure, purely this is, must be a naive kind of thing to say, but I always thought of it as a purely psychological kind of thing. Did not recognize the possibility that stress and the antithesis, de-stress, could have a negative or a positive impact on your biochemistry. That mind-body relationship was not so apparent to me. So when I saw this call for study participants, I thought, this sounds interesting. I'm going to look into it. And it turns out that um, Emory is one of the the leaders in this area of studying the effects of compassion meditation on your psychological health, but also your physical health. So I did meditation for eight weeks with a world-renowned teacher. And then they, at the end of eight weeks, went through a, I went through a battery of medical tests and also psychological tests. And I believe the results will get published at some point. <laughs> but speaking personally, it had a really positive impact on, on my mental health, and on my happiness. And I think, you know, that's the universal pull for meditation. It's like, at the core, everyone wants to be happy. Like, this is a mantra in certainly the Buddhist tradition, that if you peel away all of the layers of complexity and perceived complexity of life, at the end, the universal truth is that everyone wants to be happy. And the compassion meditation uh, at its core is understanding that we're there's an interconnectedness and that we have the capability to be compassionate towards others to ourselves and in doing so improve the level of happiness or you know universally which is a very enticing concept but also maybe a little bit intimidating so it was great to have this teacher who would kind of walk us through this prat this journey and uh, and then actually see the science behind it emory of course you know the school of medicine is very well regarded and uh, that is what I was most curious about uh, what what is the ANOVA <laughs> or the statistical co correlations and the significance of uh, these variables I, I found that to be another interesting kind of aspect of this so because frankly 
when you say the words meditation, mindfulness, yoga, unfairly or not, there's a certain image that's projected by society. Yes. Touchy-feely, <laughs> and the fact that there are now universities, Emory I mentioned, but also University of Virginia, that are um, focusing on the science of meditation. Uh, UCAL Berkeley is another site for this kind of work. Wisconsin, of course, um, is another place uh, where there are entire labs dedicated to looking at the science of meditation and the impact that it has on mental health and, um, and physical health. So, uh, so that's how I started. And after that ended, after that experience ended, is when I decided to try uh, working with Paul and Monica, uh, who I mentioned earlier, Dr. Verhagen, Dr. Halka, to construct a curriculum uh, around this concept of meditation and mindfulness, because we know that college students in general are stressed, and Georgia Tech is at another level in terms of the, the stress level here and the anxiety. Stress isn't necessarily a bad thing on its own, but anxiety can be very challenging to deal with. And so, and Professor Halka also did some tests of like pre and post test before and after the, the course to see if there was an impact and self-reported, but still uh, significant results showing that, you know, what they're learning, experiencing makes a difference. So. I think we operate from the sense of first do no harm. So, you know, taking a breath, uh, taking a breather through the course of a busy day will not be hurtful or harmful. And it can actually really improve your stability and your mental functioning. So what kind of um, activities did you do in class to help, you know, promote that kind of mental stability? So uh, we, we begin with the simplest form of mindfulness meditation, which is focusing on the breath. Uh, or I'll say, I'll say a simple form, uh, which is very easy to do. You sit comfortably in a chair, uh, you kind of close your eyes halfway or all the way, and you begin to uh, slow down, become, begin to be aware of your own uh, body sitting on the floor or sitting in a chair, and then you just think of your breath and you focus on your breath, follow your breath, and that becomes your anchor. You're not pushing thoughts away, you're kind of letting them pass like clouds in the sky, but always coming back to your breath as that anchoring kind of place. And in coming back to your breath, you're coming back to yourself. So you're not worried about the, or you're not so attached to the exam that you have tomorrow, or the argument that you had with someone yesterday, you know, the, the projections of what might not happen or might happen in the future or hanging on to positive and negative things of the past kind of float away. And we do this for five minutes. It turns out that for many students, those five minutes seem like, you know, they open their eyes and they're like, wow, that felt like 30 minutes. Like eternity. <laughs> I remember because I was uh, one of your, um, I guess, for those of you that don't know what a TL is, like a student assistant in your mm -hmm. class. and. I was one... Let's say junior partner. Let's say junior. Uh, that makes me feel so much better. But, you know... I, junior colleague. I, I wanted to learn so much. That's why I wanted to be in this class. And I remember doing those meditations and you would say six minutes and you would use this app and the little bell would go off. Mm -hmm. And we would all be just conditioned to sit and close our eyes. And it felt like just the longest, longest time span passing. And you didn't even, you didn't have to do anything fancy. You just sat there and you just controlled your breathing. It's, it is an ancient technique that is now becoming kind of fashionable again. 
because we live in such a hectic society, a hectic time, and frankly, because of uh, our, gosh, attachment seems like too light a word, our uh, deep love for our devices, <laughs> our deep-seated affection and addiction to information in all its forms. So stepping back from that is a healthy thing. I mean, I remember in my last episode, I talked to someone about like the need for connection. So humans crave connection and they crave it through the media they get if they don't get it in their real life. But for me, I think meditation gave you this different connection with yourself. And that's something that not a lot of us explore, mm -hmm. but it's still something that's valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, GT1000 is a great class because you learn the you learn the things, the techniques that will help you be successful and happy at Georgia Tech. So meditation is a foundational practice for the course. We do meditation every class session. And the evaluations clearly show that that's what students love the most. So there's another angle to this, all of this, and it's uh, this umbrella term that's used in education called social-emotional learning. Um, Georgia Tech does a phenomenal job on teaching scientists, engineers, technologists, management specialists, how to do a great job at their job. <laughs> like we graduate outstanding engineers. It is well known in the marketplace. The value of a Georgia Tech degree is recognized, but we don't necessarily do such a great job with the social emotional piece. And so learning to connect with others, to have a meaningful conversation, to be focused on the person that's in front of you rather than on the device is also, uh, these are also important skills so in addition to the mindfulness meditation, I really felt strongly that uncovering some of those social emotional aspects of uh, your personality and the kinds of things that, that are often derided as soft skills were also important to teach uh, or at least to experience. I, I should say one of the best things about GT1000 is I learn as much about um, myself as the students do from me. I think it's very much a co-learning situation yes. because I am a student. I'm stressed out, you know, about the exams that I have and that the uh, dissertation that I have to write. So I understand what it's like to be stuck doing MATLAB at three in the morning. Uh, <laughs> so I think that provides more of a sense of kind of camaraderie uh, in the in the course. Yeah. So I highly recommend uh, to my staff and faculty who might be listening to my colleagues, take a class or start a degree and you'll really see what it's like to, to be a to have the full Georgia Tech experience. <laughs> I mean, do some research. Like you said, there's information out there that supports the idea of mindfulness and meditation. There's science behind it. I mean, I learned about active listening in your course mm -hmm. for the first time, but I learned about active listening in a leadership course outside of Georgia Tech. And then I learned about active listening in your class. And only after hearing about it in that educational setting did I realize that it's so rare, something that should be done by everyone, no one does it. And just like the little act of paying attention to someone and giving them your undivided attention, like, mm. and that's not to say that people that don't act to listen are poor listeners, it's just that they're not giving you the full uh, breadth of their attention because we have so many other things distracting us. Like we learned about mm -hmm. distractions in your class mm -hmm. too, right? So there's just so many different aspects that students tend to forget like those skills that slip away once you get more distracted and stressed like being a caring listener mm -hmm. and paying attention to your friends um i do want to ask you uh if you remember rasa 
Oh my gosh, I know exactly what we're talking about. No, you need to tell, you need to refresh me. It's so I'll refresh, embarrassing. Yeah, no, you shouldn't be embarrassed. <laughs> so uh, this was a mnemonic device that we used to recall the elements of true active listening. Yes. So it looks like I wasn't active listening <laughs> when you told me about that. The first one is receive, appreciate, summarize. And then ask questions. And then ask. You got ah, it. There, so you go, there you go. See? You got one of four. <laughs> In baseball, that would be pretty good. <laughs> you know, 25% accuracy is fine. So we did a lot of these kinds of little... The challenge with GT1000, it's 50 minutes, and it goes very fast. So we do these exercises, the RASA exercise, but also uh, I've got to ask, what what did you think about the food meditation? I love the food meditation. We just We had, for those of you who weren't in GT1000, you're missing out. You gave us just little tiny finger foods, like chocolate, a raisin like things like that and we had to just put it in our mouth and instead of eating or chewing just feel the sensations and the f idea of the chocolate melting and all the steps that go into eating that we skip mm -hmm. we just had to enjoy it it was very weird yes absolutely <laughs> yeah because i will be the first to admit that i i can chow down yes <laughs> and I have learned to eat very quickly on the run. In fact, I'd say that's my default mode. Mm -hmm. But it's sometimes healthy to take a step back, slow down, to really enjoy that piece of chocolate or the fruit that you're eating. And to recognize that there's infinite complexity in a strawberry. <laughs> there's so many sensations so. that you skip over. Some of it's a little pointy. There are little seeds on the top and you forget that you're chewing those and eating. It was just very bizarre. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and hopefully it was inspiring, you know. So um, it made me slow down. I eat slower now. Do you really? Yeah, a hundred percent. If I'm at a restaurant, <laughs> I will take the time to eat slowly because it's not often that you get to enjoy something. Yeah, so might as well do it. Yeah, absolutely. So in some ways, it's very countercultural. Like everything we're doing in this class is counter to what the, the let's say the popular culture advocates: fast food. Be on a device, be on multiple devices, lots of streams of information, react quickly. And in G GT1000, we're saying, actually, let's stop, let's take a breath, let's slow down, let's enjoy these little moments, and let's be compassionate to ourselves. And, uh, and because I'm a librarian, I always say, and let's be mindful consumers of information. So Good, honestly. <laughs> so, so I guess before we go, just really briefly, what are some easy things that students can do to keep themselves grounded and less stressed during school. Right, yeah. So I've spent the last half hour complaining about technology, basically, <laughs> but now I'm going to recommend an app. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a uh, meditation app called In Insight Timer. I have it. It's very good. Yeah, it's a great little tool uh, to kind of keep you connected. The reason I like it is when you do a meditation on Insight Timer, you see how many people around the world that have this app are meditating along with you at that moment, which is a nice reminder that this is not just you that's feeling stressed out, but there are many others that are trying to also de-stress. So uh, it's a great app, I would, I would say, very useful to download. And then there's a very large literature on meditation, mindfulness. Um, the intro work that many people cite is John Kabat-Zinn, who is a researcher, I believe, originally from University of Massachusetts, popularized the idea that mindfulness meditation could have, could lead to positive outcomes for mental health and well-being. 
So John Kabat-Zinn is an author that uh, is widely respected in this area and is has some scientific grounding. I have to warn people that there's also a lot of kind of fluffy stuff out there on the internet that you want to be a little careful with. It's it's good to have a teacher. It's good to do a little bit of research. Usually library collections pick the best um, materials available when it comes to any topic. So I'd recommend starting there. And if you're interested in the science of meditation, I would recommend the work of Richard Davidson at the University of Wisconsin, who has a lab dedicated to um, the science of meditation. So those are some starting points. But uh, forgetting all of that, just take a moment to focus on the breath. If it's 30 seconds, that's great. If it's two minutes, that's great. And if it's an hour, great. But 30 seconds, focus on the breath. Let all of the other things go for 30 seconds and you'll feel a little bit better. And then try to increment up and uh, it doesn't hurt. And it probably does help. It does, it really does. I do it for exams and it makes it so much easier to center yourself and you know let go of everything that's happening before you do something important. Yeah. So recommended. Well, thank you so much for Thanks, sitting Rupal. down. Yeah. That was so insightful. I, hope I learned so. so much. And I learned so much from Rajiv 1000 and I hope to impart some of that knowledge on people because people have been asking, you know, what are some types of self-care you can do? What are options? And this is so easy and takes little of your time, which is something that we don't have a lot of anyway. Yeah. That's nice. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Rupal. This is fun. If you guys need any tips on self-care, meditation, or just breathing exercises, please don't hesitate to reach out and I will share some of my tips that I use to decompress after a heinous week of college. I do a lot of different things, such as gratitude journaling, meditation, reflection, um, compassion meditation. I try to do some of these things to just kind of keep myself okay during hard times, especially during a time like this where it's exam week at Georgia Tech. So if you guys need any help with that, please don't hesitate to reach out or download one of those apps. Just know that there's a whole community out here for you. We're going to pass on the quick quips this week, but only because I spent so much time talking about meditation with me. So keep your eyes peeled for the submission box on Instagram sometime next week. Send them my way and I will do my very best to answer them next week. But I feel like it may not happen next week either because I'm doing the part two of this self-care series with another GT professor. But we talk about different aspects of care while you're um, an adult. So it's really interesting and it's a good conversation. So we may or may not have quick quips next week too. But if I decide to do it and we have time, I will put the submission box out there so you can send some. Thank you so much for joining me this week on Listen. Make sure to visit our Twitter page at Listen with Roops, our Instagram at Listen with Roops, or our Facebook, which is also at Listen with Roops. While you're at it, because I crave validation and thrive on it more than anything on this planet, shoot me any sort of, you know, validation you want, comments, likes, reviews, whatever. If you don't want to do it, that's totally fine too. If you want to tell a friend, that would also be a real ego boost and I would genuinely appreciate it. Also, if you're a fan of The Bachelor, check out take number 5.5, The Bachelor Banter Week 7, where I talk to my good friend Lauren Evans on the side about the most recent Bachelor episode yet. This limited run of Bachelor-themed additional episodes will drop alongside my normal episodes every week. Thank you so much again and have a wonderful rest of your week.